Hi, and welcome to today's program. This is Kennedy with Living on God's Word. Today, we will read Matthew chapter 27 from the Jesus Bible NIV edition. And then we'll review some key takeaways and we'll end our session with our short prayer. So let's go ahead and get started. Matthew 27. Judas hangs himself. Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people made their plans how to have Jesus executed. So they bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priest and the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us? they replied. That's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and hanged himself. The chief priest picked up the coins and said, It is against the law to put this into the treasury, since it is blood money. So they decided to use the money to buy the potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. That is why it has been called the field of blood to this day. Then what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. They took the thirty pieces of silver, the price set on him by the people of Israel, and they used them to buy the potter's field as the Lord commanded me. Jesus before Pilate. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priest and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Now it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Jesus Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah? For he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message, Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What should I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, Crucify him! Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him! When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. All the people answered, His blood is on us and our, our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. But he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers mocked Jesus. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. 
and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand and they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him. They took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. The Crucifixion of Jesus As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink, mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, and sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now, if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. The Death of Jesus from noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema shabachthan, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, He's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine, vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God! Many women were there watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. The Burial of Jesus As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arithmathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it in his own new tomb when that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb, the guard at the tomb. The next day, the one after preparation day, 
the chief priest and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, After three days I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he had raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. This is the end of Matthew chapter 27. Now let's look at some key takeaways. The first takeaway, we see that the chief priests and elders took counsel to condemn Jesus and deliver him to Pontius Pilate, who was the governor or Roman or procurator of the Judea region at that time. The second takeaway, we see that Judas is sorry for what he did. He returned the money to the Sanhedrin in an attempt to undo what he had done, but they could not use it for church purposes and told him to go away because that was not his problem. But since he left it at their feet, um, they basically decided that they couldn't use this because it was blood money, but instead they used it to buy a burial ground called Potter's Field. So this uh, is a clear example of how legalistic the Jewish leaders had become and how full of hypocrisy their life were. Just like Jesus said, you know, they strain at a gnat. Uh, they don't see how what they had done, they acknowledge it was blood money, but they still found a way to use it. Uh, Judas left basically after that and just ended up hanging himself on a tree. And the third takeaway, Judas, uh, Jesus stands accused uh, here before the governor, Pontius Pilate, but he does not defend himself against the accusations, any of them. He's silent. And Pilate is amazed how even though he had the power to release him, Jesus chooses not to defend himself. Um, Pilate did not want to persecute Jesus at that time, um, but he was afraid of the crowd. He was afraid what the Jewish leaders would do and would say to uh, back in Rome that Pontius Pilate was usurping uh, the Caesar's authority by not condemning a man that they had been that they had accused of being a treason, um, you know, of treason to Rome. At that, so at that time, it was customary for the governor to release a prisoner during the feast of the Passover. So his, in his way out, Pilate thought, okay, I'm going to try again. And he offered them a choice of releasing Jesus or Barabbas. Uh, unfortunately, they still stuck to their guns. They wanted Jesus to be crucified. So, and here, it's interesting because Jesus' only crime that he was been, being accused of was he had declared himself king of the Jews. And for this, they said that he had committed treason against the Roman Empire. Pontius Pilate knew that this was a, a, a stretch and that they were doing this for their own reasons. So he didn't want to persecute uh, Jesus. Um, but and so he, he tried to offer them a choice. But instead, they chose Barabbas, who had committed many uh, acts of treason against the Roman Empire, including murder. Um, but even when P Pontius Pilate gave them a choice, um, they chose, they chose Barabbas, uh, and they kept shouting, you know, Barabbas. So at the end, when Pontius Pilate washed his hands uh, from the crime, uh, from the blood of Jesus, um, they all shouted, 
may his blood be on us and our children. And at that time, I don't think uh, they definitely did not realize how prophetic the words they were um, shouting were. Uh, because indeed, the blood of the innocent lamb would be um, on our heads. And so then the takeaway number four, we see the Roman soldiers proceed to strip him and mock him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and uh, strike him in the face, uh, hit him on the head. Um, and then they didn't stop there, but they then decided to humiliate, humiliate him by, you know, what was customary in that time, which is making the person carry their own cross, which weighed about 200 pounds. So as they walked towards the crucifixion place, um, they just kept hurling insults at him and hitting him and flogging him. So it's unthinkable the humiliation that we subjected our Savior to. I mean, I think back and I just say, how, why would he continue to go through this and give up his life for our salvation when we just simply did not deserve it? Uh, so in summary, Jesus is now at the end of his ministry. The chief priests and elders have condemned him and sent him to Pilate. Judas realizes too late what he has done and ends up committing suicide by hanging. Uh, Jesus stands accused of treason for having declared himself king. The Jews choose to release a murderer instead of Jesus. And finally, we see Jesus suffering unwarranted and immense punishment and humiliation on behalf of all of humanity. So Jesus at this very moment is fulfilling uh, one of the most important acts that he came to accomplish, which was to become the sacrificial lamb whose blood would eventually wash away our sins. So now let us end in prayer. Almighty, all-knowing, you are our Lord and Savior. You are our only source to true happiness, Father God. We confess our sins to you, Father. We ask that you forgive us for all the horrible things that we have done, for what we did to your Son, Father God. We are not worthy of your pure love. We don't deserve your grace or your forgiveness, but we are so grateful, Lord, that you do love us so much and that you, your love for us has allowed you to be merciful. We thank you for your merciful heart, Lord. We thank you for your forgiveness. And we pray that you enter our hearts, Lord, and guide, us, um, guide our thoughts and guide our words every single day. Um, we pray this in your Son, Jesus. Amen. This concludes today's reading and interpretation of Matthew chapter 27. We hope that you will join us again tomorrow. God bless you. This is Kennedy, your brother in Christ, always.